Welcome to the Bermagui Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Here you'll find the recording of messages from our weekly gatherings. We pray you'll be challenged and encouraged by today's message. So, to lead off with a question. Do you ever hear, you know, one line of a song or one line of a, a poem or a line in a movie even, but it just, it captures you and it just sends your mind spinning with other ideas and thoughts? Who's, who's had that scenario happen? Yep. Okay. Because to, to begin, really, that's where today's message came from. For me, it, it was something that just, it was just one of those spark moments. It was during a, a one of the worship songs that Prince listens to. She's always got worship music on at home. We've got the, the Spotify account and she's just always got music playing. And so there's some artists I recognize, some I don't. And this, this particular group, they, they um, called um, Elevation Worship and Maverick City. They're doing a combination of, of well, the two music teams coming together and doing an album. And um, it's one I haven't listened to much, and it's just sort of been in the background while Prudence has more so been listening to it. But a good couple of weeks ago, this one song just, it just jumped out at me in this one particular line. And it was one of those things that, you know, I couldn't shake. It just sort of sat with me for, for day after day after day. And then for whatever reason, it came through the playlist again and hit me again. I was just like, oh, what, what is it about that line? And it just, it just seemed to sink deeper and sink deeper and sink deeper every time. And I, I don't usually sort of, I guess, take that sort of thing as my inspiration for, for, for messages. I, I do just sort of like to spend some time in Word and just say, all right, God, what is it you want to say? But the more I dwelt on this one, I sort of went, okay, God, is this just for me? Are you just trying to hammer something home for me? Because sometimes that's what he does. Sometimes he'll, he'll drop that, that seed of, of gold, that one line, and it's for you. And it's only for you. You know, Something you might share with a friend or something like that, but it's really about you and your growth and your journey. And so especially as someone that teaches and, and preaches, I try to make sure, okay, God, is that one for me or is that something you wanted me to share with others? And I guess over the last couple of weeks, it's just grown. That burden to sort of go, no, I think this is something everyone needs to hear. It's really just grown. So this one just stuck with me. And so hopefully today, you know, I've, I've got some notes to guide me and that sort of thing, but hopefully my, my, my goal really isn't to, to share just intellect and, and teaching and things I've learnt, but just to share some heart, share what, what God's been sort of, I guess, working through with me with this seed that is dropped in my mind. So before we sort of get to what this line is, I'm going to sort of let that hang. You're going to sort of find out what it is. <laughs> so you've got to pay attention. But a question, are you a patient person? <laughs> sometimes yeah and you know i knew straight away we would have a mix of responses there because some people just go look yeah it's something i know i'm not great with other people would be you know it's more situational i'm like that i'm i'm, I'm generally pretty crazy very you know just i'll, I'll just let things happen as they happen and i'll, I'll wait happy to wait but yeah, there's, there's, there's some moments in life and some situations in life where I'm just going, oh, come on. <laughs> you know? I think we can all relate to that, can't we? And you know, patience is a funny one. It, it is listed as one of the fruits of the Spirit. And when the Bible speaks about the fruits of the Spirit, that's in Galatians 5 if you want to look it up. There we go, Galatians 5.22. <laughs> but the fruits of the spirit you know when 
in that passage of scripture, where it's talking about these fruits. It's talking about this is the, the byproduct of having the Holy Spirit within us and having a relationship with Jesus Christ. So when we are connected with Christ, when we are you know, under his lordship and, and, and doing our best to, to follow his lead and follow his guidance, the fruits, the byproduct of that, one of them is patience. And so it's something that the Holy Spirit can help us with. It's something that's a sign that God is at work in our lives. And so what, what is the, the goal or the, the reason for patience? Why do we need it? Like God's will be revealed. Yeah, yeah. To have it in God's perfect timing, yeah. To build resilience. To build resilience, yeah. To depend totally on Him. Yeah, to, to, to depend on Him, yeah. All good points. To learn humility. To learn humility, yeah. And yeah, to reach that goal, to re- reach that end goal. For me, and this, you know, my note, so I give it to what I want it to say. But the word I'm waiting for is wait. The fact that we have to wait for things. We need patience. And this idea of waiting, you know, sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not. There's some, some things in life where, you know, to wait and, and for whatever the end goal is, you know, is, is almost pleasurable. It's just like, no, I'm happy to. It's, I'm enjoying the journey of reaching this goal. Other times... You know, there's, there's just that excited anticipation. Like, oh, yeah, oh, I'm really looking forward to this. I can't wait to get there. But then there's a reverse of that, isn't there? There's that, that dread and that anxiety that comes. It's like, oh, I'm just not sure what's going to happen here. You know, anticipating the worst. So waiting can be filtered and, and geared in so many ways. And in a sense, waiting is just something we do, isn't it? It's something we have to do. It's part of life. We can't get away from it. And, it, and, and in that sense, it is something almost so familiar, something so automatic that we don't necessarily even think about it all that much. But today, I want to do something where we actually sort of think about, oh, what does it really mean to wait? Is it just something we do? Is it just something that's, you know, is it just dead space between things? Or is it more? Some, a little quote that well, I guess I wrote, just in my notes, is sort of one I wanted to highlight. Sometimes we get f- so focused on the waiting and, wait, and waiting for the goal that we miss out on what can happen while we wait. We can miss out on things while we wait. And Scripture does speak a lot about waiting. And this line of, you know, to wait upon the Lord, to, to wait on Him, to you know, waiting patiently for the Lord. These lines are repeated over and over and over again through Scripture. You know, you jump on Google or something like that, do a, do a word search of wait on God, and the amount of Scriptures that come up that relate to waiting on God is it's quite an extensive little list. And it speaks about it not just as, you know, it's just something that we do, but it's, it's part of the process. It's part of the journey. There's something that we can gain from it and through it. It's not just that mindless in-between bits, in-between events. The first verse I want to share, I won't get you to turn to to this one, it's just one I want to read. 
Psalm 27 verse 14 says, Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. And as I said, these verses are scattered throughout the scriptures, both New and Old Testament. They're prophesied about. They're in the songs, in the, in the poetry. They're in the wisdom literature. They're through the gospels. And they're also in, in, the, in the letters and the epistles afterwards. But what does it mean? What does it really mean to wait on the Lord? Now, if you've been in the church long enough, I'm sure it's a line you've heard. You've seen it in songs. You've had people read verses about it. But what does it really mean? What does it mean to wait on the Lord? So one of the Bible dictionaries I looked at said to wait is to remain in readiness or expectation. In Scripture, the word wait normally suggests the anxious yet confident expectation by God's people that the Lord will intervene on their behalf. So to wait on the Lord, it's not just, it's not just mindless idleness. It's not just sitting there doing nothing. There's, a, there's an action to it. There's, a, there's, there's action in the midst of inaction almost, you could say. And it speaks of almost an intentional attitude that we have. You know, where there's a, you know, that, that anxious wait feeling, but there's a confidence as well. A confidence in the expectation that God will follow through on his promises. That God will intervene on our behalf. And this waiting, this idea of waiting on the Lord is intrinsically linked to the idea of trusting God and having hope in God. Our hope is to, to wait that God's promises will be fulfilled. So my main point today, and really, it really is just almost a central point today. I'm not, not doing a three-point sermon or anything like that really today. I've got a few scriptures I want to work through with you. But my main point, the only point I really wanted to communicate today is that it's not just waiting. Sometimes in our faith journey, sometimes in life, it just it, it can feel like that, can't it? It's just like, I'm just here, I'm just not sure... I feel like I'm in between and I'm waiting. Or there are situations going on in your world and it's just like, God, I just want to get to the other point and you're just going, how do I, how do I trust you in this? How do I have hope in you in this moment? And all Scripture tells us to do is to wait on God. Wait on God. Wait on God. Again, if you do a bit of a search on this, I encourage you, you know, in your, your own Bible study, I don't know how you, you spend time in the Word, but you know, the blessing of technology these days is you can do things like that. Jump on Google and just go, yep, what are some scriptures that say about this? Go verses about, verses about waiting. And just see what pops up because I'll tell you what, it just can lead you through a journey of just going, no, Scripture actually does speak a lot about it, this particular topic. And what I noticed when I did this, when I, you know, this lyric hit me and I was going, oh, wow, that's, that's really made me think. And I started to dig into it and do my own sort of journey with it. What I realized is that a lot of these verses, not all of them, but many of them, go, wait on the Lord because this is what he will do. Wait on the Lord and God will do this. Wait on the Lord and God will do this. And what I saw was this pattern that, no, when we, when we do actually intentionally you go no god i'm trusting you i'm believing in you i'm waiting on you to intervene as you see fit when we have that attitude scripturally it says no wait on the lord dot 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 wait on the lord dot 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 and the scary thing is is that you know 
all too often, I know, especially in church circles, and we all do it, where you know, we're talking with someone and you can tell that they're just battling with something, they're fighting through something, or they're going through some hardship. And we get stuck for words and we sort of just pat it out with these statements of, you know, just trust God, just wait on God, just believe, just have hope. I think we need to learn to go a little bit deeper and grab those lines. Yes, you know, just wait on God because he will dot, dot, dot. Just have hope because God will dot, dot, dot. Let's learn the, the extra bit. So when we do sow that seed of, of encouragement in someone's life, it's not just a, you know, a nice thing to say. Let's actually give them you know, meat. Give them something to really go, no, I can grab a hold of that. So let's just have a quick look at a few of these. So if you do have your Bibles, I encourage you. We're going to go to Psalm 37 for this first one. We've just got three main passages. So if you do have Bibles, we will, we will flick them back and forth a little bit today. So Psalm 37. And the Psalms is actually littered with that statement. It's obviously a journey that David, as one of the main psalmists, was, was on. There was moments in his life where he just went, you know, the world's falling apart around me, but all I can do is wait on you, Lord. So Psalm 37, we're going to read from verse 5 to 9. So again, I'm sorry if my version is slightly different. I read from the New Living Translation. So Psalm 37, verse 5. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn. And the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. For the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Now in my notes, I've got that the passage in there, but I want to read it from Scripture. You know, I underlined, you know, where it says, you know, commit everything to the Lord, trust Him. And what's the dot, dot? That He will help you. Know that God is here for us. Yeah, He is for us, not against us. He will help us. And obviously this is a, a passage where He's talking about injustice. And quite often I, I reckon... That sense of injustice is one of the hardest things to wait on, isn't it? You know, when someone's wronged you, when something's gone wrong and you just go, that, that's not right. You know, as I said, I'm a pretty patient person, but when things like that happen, that's, that's where I find it hard to have patience. It's like, no, come on. That's not good. That's not right. That needs to be fixed. But even in those moments... God's just saying, no, come on, trust that I've got your back. Trust that I will intervene and intervene in a way that's going to correct this. And there are plenty of verses that back up this idea of, you know, that God will find us justice. When we seek it ourselves, you know, things go wrong. And that, that idea of, you know, don't get angry. Where was it? Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. That's so true, isn't it? Yeah? Would you agree? You know, like, like honestly, those... <laughs> Those reactions to respond in rage or anger, just it doesn't help situations. You know, the emotion anger is not a bad thing. 
please hear me, you know? We can get angry. That's, that's part of our makeup. Scripture says that God gets angry, but it's what we do with it. It's how we respond to it that matters. You know, two other small ones, just about this point, because I knew this was, this was one element of this, I guess, that people would sort of go, oh, you know, I'm trying to wait, I'm trying to trust, but you know, there's this injustice, there's this thing going wrong in, in my world that I just it needs correcting, and I'm just not sure how God's going to do this. So Psalm 38, so the next Psalm on, just says this in verses 13 to 15. So Psalm 38, 13, uh, 13 yeah, to 15. He says, but I am deaf to all their threats. I am silent before them as one who cannot speak. I choose to hear nothing and I make no reply. For I am waiting for you, O Lord. You must answer for me, O my Lord, O my God. Yeah, to make that choice in those situations where every party just wants to go, get justice and say your peace or that sort of thing. Just maybe. Maybe it's the time where God's just saying, hey, no, just be silent. Let me look after it. Just be silent. Let me look after it. Wait on me. You know, I love this little snippet. Like, Proverbs is great for little snippets, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know about you, but you, know, you can grab just that one proverb. And it's just, oh, that's gold. So Proverb 20, verse 22. So anyone taking notes, you can drop this down one down too. So Proverbs 20, 22, it says, Don't say, I will get even for this wrong. Wait for the Lord to handle the matter. <laughs> there's, there's the sermon in one line, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Don't say, I will get even for this wrong. Wait for the Lord to handle the matter. Yeah, commit it to God. And that, that's hard. You know? Part of that journey is forgiveness and all that sort of thing. That's another sermon altogether. But, you know, as best you can, it might be a daily choice. You might have to wake up every day for, for a season and just go, no, God, I give it to you. No, God, I commit it to you. No, God, I commit it to you. Because it's just ever-present. But make that choice. Make that, you know, take, take it to God, you know, and there's times, trust me. Let, 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 me, let me clarify this. You know, yeah, there might be times where God goes, no, actually, here's, here's your in now. Now's your time to say what you need to say. But when it's in God's timing, it works, doesn't it? So we need in that in-between, in that wait, trust God. Trust that He knows best. Trust that He's going to make an opportunity to see healing, to see justice. There's a number of verses. This is a little segue, but at the the, the end of that passage I read there in verse 37, I'll just read that last verse again, verse uh, 9. For the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. And again, when you do a word search or scripture search of these sorts of passages, a lot of the promises that God said, you know, wait for me and you will get the land. Wait for me and you will get the land. Obviously, for the Israelite people, that was that was very practical and physical, wasn't it? You know, they, they were fighting for their land. They got their land. The Philistines would come in and cause headache again because they disobeyed God. And so God was saying, no, trust me, wait on me, lean on me, and you're going to possess the land. 
what I really feel is that, you know, even though for us, we, we, we might read those and go, well, you know, that doesn't relate to me. That's relating to the Israelites and getting the, the, the land of Israel. What about spiritual? What's the spiritual connection we can derive from that? Because for me, when I was reading that and just starting to, to dwell on that for a little while, I just went, you know, what God was saying in that to the Israelites, you know, you know, you know, when you follow me, when you wait on me, you'll take possession of this land. You'll take authority over it. You'll take dominion over this land. I think the same happens spiritually. When we wait on God, when we wait on Him, He opens the door for us to take authority and dominion over spiritual realm, if that makes sense. So for your family, for your relationship, for your, for your, for your marriage, commit it to God. Wait on Him for it and He will give you authority and dominion. And just like this idea of, you know, that, that, that if we were given land, then we can do what we like with it. That we, it's our choice to sort of go, no, this is what happens and this is what doesn't happen. I think sometimes when it comes to, you know, relationships and, and the, the sphere, I guess, that, that we're in, you know, it might be your workplace. It might be, um, you know, you might be the only believer in your family. It's going, God, how do I, how do I work within this? These verses for me just really says, no, commit it to me and you know, where your step is going to be now yours. You're going to have dominion over it. You're going to have authority to sort of say, no, this is the way it should be. And again, I'm not talking necessarily that you can physically walk into a situation and say, well, I'm, I'm bossy now. No. But over the spiritual atmosphere and the spiritual realm in that sense, God's given us authority. But it's not in us, it's in him. Let's have another look at a, another passage. Uh, into the New Testament, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And this is another great little passage, like, like that one in, in, in Psalms, where it sort of said, you know, trust in the Lord and this will happen. Trust in the Lord and he will get you justice. Trust in the Lord and he will help you. Trust in the Lord and he'll help you possess the land. Those, those dot, dot, dots were filled in there. Here's another great passage that, I guess, in that sense, yeah, adds, you know, when we trust in the Lord, this is what can happen. So it's 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm just reading verses 7 to 9. It says, Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will do this, for he is faithful to do what he says, and he has invited you into the partnership with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now when we wait on the Lord, his resources are released. He gives us what we need. You, know, you now have every spiritual gift you need. And Paul's, when he's writing to the Corinthian church, he's just saying, yeah, now that you've found Christ, now that you're learning to trust him and, and believe him, you know, all the gifts that you need, all the, all the resources of heaven you require are at your disposal now. 
And again, another little segue, you know, about this idea of spiritual gifts. I've taught on spiritual gifts before, but in my experience, what I've seen to see the gifts really start to activate, it's not just something that just happens flippantly. The times where I've seen the gifts really start to activate and, and, and become present is when people just really spend some time to wait, to spend some time in His presence. You know, whether it be prayer meeting, whether it be Bible study, you know, sometimes services. You know, like I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm from Pentecostal background where we, we had services. It was like, no, we're just going to just dig in and just to see what happens for a couple of hours. Yeah, I'm happy to sort of skip lunches at times and things like that because it's like, no, let's just keep going and see what God does. And it was in those moments, that's when the spiritual gifts just started to, to activate. And I think it's because you're just giving that time, just, all right, God, I'm here. Use me, speak through me. And that's when, you know, I've seen you know, genuine prophetic words given. I've seen genuine words of knowledge shared. You know, people struggling with something and all of a sudden, you know, someone that you're not really that close to comes out and says, hey, I'm not sure what's going on in your world, but I really feel God saying this. And it's a specific word that helps that person in that situation that they're in. That that other person wouldn't wouldn't know about. I've seen that. I've had God work that gift through my own life. It's scary as all heck because he's going. I've just got this super strong impression this person needs to hear this message. I'm not sure, but I'm stepping out in faith to share it. But majority of the time, that was only through. It wasn't just you know going all of a sudden boom the spiritual gifts drops in your life. No, it's spending time in His presence, spending some time in His Word, just going, God, what are you wanting to work? and say through us. The other promise I saw in there, which I just love, you know, verse 8, that He will keep you strong to the end. He'll keep you strong to the end. I think that's the point you sort of made when I said, you know, what, what, what's the reason for patience? So we can get there, to reach that end goal. And really, push comes to shove, that's what this faith journey is about. It's not so much how we start. Start point doesn't really matter as much. It's how we finish. It's how we reach the end. You know, that, that thief upon the cross next to Jesus. His start was pretty late coming. But it was the fact that at the end, he finished well. And really for us, that's, that's what it needs to boil down to. You know, whether you've been a believer for only in your adult life or whether it's been something that's part of your life since you were a child. I know for me, it feels like it's been going on forever almost. <laughs> you know, I've been raised in the church, had beautiful godly parents that just you know, brought me to, you know, gave me the opportunity to, to understand God and, and get to know God from an early age. But this idea of, you know, but I've got to make sure I finish well. I've got to make sure I don't slow down. I, I, don't, I don't, you know, get distracted along the way. But how do I do that? I wait on God. I trust Him. I, my hope is set in Him. So even in those moments when I was going, it's all over the place. I don't know what's going on. And I've had those moments. You know, I'm, I'm the first to put my hand up that I've had my struggles. I've had times where I'm just going, God, where's this all leading? What's the point? I've questioned my faith. I've questioned coming to church. I've questioned life itself, really, at times. I'll be honest, I've, I've gotten low at times in my life. But the thing that's kept me going is just going, well, God, I don't have it. 
I don't have the answers. I don't have the resources. I don't have the energy. I don't have the strength. But I've just been able to lean into him and know that he can provide when needed. It's in these moments that I needed him most. Where I needed to stop and be in his presence. And it was in his presence that I became restored, renewed and redirected. It's never on my time though. It's not a drive-through service. You know, God's not a drive-through guy. It's not just something you say, pull up, all right, God, top me up, and then you keep going. It doesn't work like that. We need to park. There's times with God where we just need to park it. Just go, all right, God, I'm done. I'm here. Do what you can. And we just... And as I said, it's not just idleness. To wait on the Lord is not just going, oh, I'm just here. Sometimes, in a sense, it is, but it's a conscious, intentional choice of going, God, I am here. I'm drawing, I want to draw near to you, so your word promises that you will draw near to me. So my last reading is actually the reading that I got Sarah to give. I really wanted to wrap up on that one. Isaiah 40. In this whole chapter, Isaiah 40, there's actually a chapter that God, I guess, really rested upon my heart when we first came down this coast. Um, I remember, you know, God had put the seeds in our hearts for many, many years, for about nearly eight years before we actually made the jump to come down here. And it was in that probably last 12 months that we, yeah, we started finishing off the house. We were getting ready to put on the market. Um, I started looking for work down here and things like that. And I got um, the, I filled in for Phoebe at the high school uh, with the chaplaincy. So I was down here once, once a week for six months before we moved down here. And so I was driving down every Friday from Cooma. And somewhere in there, this, this passage, some, uh, Isaiah 40 dropped in my, in, into my heart. And it was only a, a real sort of side law note, and this is a side note as well, but at that time was when, um, not the Diggums Creek, but the, there was that other uh, fix up on the highway they did there before Naruma, where, you know, I remember driving the old section was pretty windy, pretty all over the place, but then they put this nice big new curve, cut through it all. Um, I can't remember which road it was there. But, um, but they've since done Diggums Creek as well. And this verse, again, came to mind when that happened. Because in the start of the verse, it says, you know, make a straight highway through the wasteland for, for our God. And it was one of those times where I just went, wow, God, you know, here you are calling us to Naruma and all of a sudden you're making these paths straighter for us to get here. <laughs> Made my way down to, to work at the high school that a little bit quicker. But the verse I do just want to highlight, you know, Sarah read from 26, but I'm just going to read uh, 29 onwards. You know, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even years will become weak and tired and the young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord, or your version might say, for those who wait on the Lord, will find new strength, will be renewed. And they will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Now this song that I started with, 
Yeah, I encourage you. You can jump on YouTube or something like that, look it up. It's a great just time of worship sort of song by Elevation Church in, in Maverick City. It's called Wait On You. But the line in the song, and it's during a, a time where they've, they've, they've sung the chorus and the verse a couple of times and they're just doing what we call sort of free worship where they're just, the music's still sort of playing and they're just sort of starting to add lines and sing just individual lines as they sort of feel led. And the singer in it just starts hammering out this line because they're singing these things, you know, that he gives power to the faint. He increases their strength. He renews their strength. You know, they shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. And he sings, you know, that's what happens when you wait. That's what happens when you wait. When, what happens when you wait is that God pours out his resources. When you wait, God renews us. When you wait, God provides. And so, you know, let that be. You know, for me, it's, it's become my sort of heart cry and that, that, that reminder of going, no, remember what happens when you wait on God. Remember what happens when you wait for him. You know, when you feel injustice like those other verses I shared, look what happens when you wait. Look what happens when you wait. You have peace. You have, you know, just the, the, the presence of God with you when everything around you says you should be in, you know, spiteful anger and hate. You know, when the world says you should be worried and, and fearful and anxious about everything, when you wait on the Lord, what happens? He gives you your peace that is beyond comparison. Look what happens when you wait. He will renew our strength. He'll, you know, that we shall mount up with wings on like eagles. Now, that was my mum's favourite verse. It's actually on her tombstone up in Coffs. You know, that we shall rise up on wings like eagles. Now, don't ever underestimate what happens when you surrender to God and simply wait on Him. You wait on Him and He pours out His resources. You wait on Him and He will sustain you to the end. Wait on Him and He will find you justice and freedom. Wait on Him. Don't just wait. Don't just be idle. But intentionally go, God, I am here. I am in your presence and pray and praise and worship in that wait. And just see what happens. Because we serve a God that fulfills his word. We serve a God that keeps his promises. We serve a God that is, in a sense, almost waiting for us to do exactly that. He's waiting for us to go, God, I surrender. I've been trying to do it in my own strength. He's just waiting for us, for us to suddenly go, Lord, I'm done. And he goes, right, now I can step in. That's the God we serve. That's the goal we serve. That's what happens when you wait. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for today. And Lord God, I know this is a seed that you've definitely sowed in my heart, but I pray, Lord God, that today people can just be not inspired, Lord God, but just convicted, Lord God, you know, in such a positive way that they just go, no, I can continue to wait. I can continue to, to just lean into you, Lord God, despite all the uncertainties, despite all the things that could or maybe or might not happen. Lord God, let us trust in you wholeheartedly. Let us lean into you and just know that our hope in you will never go unwanted. Our hope in you, Lord God, will never go unanswered. Our hope in you, Lord God, 
is grounded in a God that keeps his promises and a God who answers our hope. Thank you, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that we are a church, Lord God, that does wait on you. Lord, I pray, Lord God, as we do continue to just walk out the journey, Lord God, that you've got each of us on as individuals, but also the journey you've got us on as a church, as a family and a community in this town of Bermagui. Lord, I pray that we just, we never step out of your will, that we never step out of the grace, Lord God, that you've given us. And Lord God, with every plan, every, every, every plan we make, every idea that we have, Lord God, to, to continue ministering, Lord God, in this church, I pray, Lord God, that it's always in your strength, in your resources, Lord God, that we wait on you for all that we need. In your wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.